Two Sundays ago, our family ministry had our Dunkin' Donuts event. Here are some pictures to show you about the excitement that filled that very, very hot summer air. Teresa Ward, our director of engagement, said after, my heart is so full now. There were lots of smiles and joy. We didn't want to leave each other. And our family ministry staff, they connected with every family that came through. I am thrilled to tell you that we are going to begin outdoor worship in two weeks on September 13th. We're gonna need you to register on Realm for that because we need to limit the number of people so that we can make sure that everyone feels safe. And if you're not ready to come, don't worry. Or if you're still out of town or if you're too busy, you can still tune in to worship live on YouTube or on our app on Sunday mornings. We will begin with two services, one at 8 and one at 9.30 a.m. Before we begin today, will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, your spirit is among us, within us, and your word tells us that we're two or more gathered in your name. You are in our midst, and so we thank you for your presence. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My now husband, Charlie, and I had been dating for six months. At this point, he had met my parents and my siblings, most of my aunts, uncles, and cousins, but he had not met grandmother. That is what we called her, grandmother. She was, for all purposes, grand, and the grandmother of us all. So we decided that we would take a road trip, and we went up to her tiny little town in the middle of Tennessee to the house where my mom and her siblings were raised, the house where my grandmother lived alone, and we went to visit. As we were approaching the driveway, I got so excited. I was like jumping out of my skin because I had so many memories of this place and I couldn't wait to share them with Charlie. As we pulled in front of the house, we gave a little honk and then went and parked. And before we had even gotten to the carport, my grandmother and her dog were there to greet us. We sat at dinner that night and she looked at Charlie and she said, I have some yard work I'd like your help with. Eager to please, Charlie said, yes, ma'am, you let me know. The next day, we got into her golf cart and went to another part of her lot, and she pointed to some bushes that needed trimming, holly bushes. She then pointed to the ax in the back of her cart and said, go on down there. I'll tell you what to do. You see, my grandmother was this remarkable 74-year-old woman, and she was in decent shape. You might think to yourself, well, she was only 74. But this is what you need to know. She tended her own vegetable and flower garden. She easily maneuvered her Cadillac and that golf cart. She did all of her grocery shopping and cooked all of her meals. But my grandmother was a triple amputee. She only had one hand, and both of her legs were done right below the knee. My grandmother was fully 
capable of so many things. But in this instance, her body could not do the work that she needed to get done. Her able body wasn't able to do the work alone. She needed Charlie's hands and feet. I think we sometimes live life as if we can do it on our own. Or maybe like my grandmother, we only ask for help when we really are in need. This can be especially true in our life of faith. The Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthian church and speaks about this. And he, he says this, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, but one body. What we know about the Corinthian church that Paul writes to is that they are filled with lots of different people. There are Jews and Greeks. There are people that have money and people without a lot of money. There are people that are singled, married, and widowed. Inside the Corinthians, there is this beautiful diversity. But instead of seeing the diversity, the Corinthians have chosen to stay in groups where people are more like them. For the Corinthians, connection is not a priority at all. Everyone is just content to be part of the body, but not connected to it. One of the healthiest things about this body of Christ here at WHPC is the diversity of ages and stages, the diversity of political opinions, and yet something that is a pillar of our church is that despite the diversity, we are united in Christ. This pandemic and the political climate have made it all too easy for us to just be content to stay in our groups with the people that think like us. Let's be honest. It is easier to do life that way. It's less exhausting. What this text reminds us today is that although our situations might be conducive to remaining disconnected from each other, we are part of the body of Christ. We are. There are two elements to this text that I want to explore deeper today. The first is, what does it even mean to be part of the body of Christ? And the second is, why does it even matter to be part of a local body of Christ, a local church? To be part of the body of Christ means that each of us has been given a purpose by God that cannot be understood apart from the purposes of other people. And this is why we view humanity differently. We believe that our individual purposes in life are actually part of God's ultimate bigger purpose. What one person does or does not do, it affects others. And this is whether we are aware of it or not. To be part of the body of Christ is to realize that in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, for some reason, God decided that the created 
that you and I would be the ones to be the extension of the body of Christ on earth. Theologian Frederick Buechner, he said this about this specific text. He said, Christ didn't have a regular body anymore, so God was making him one out of anybody he could find who looked as if he might just possibly do. He was using other people's hands to be Christ's hands and other people's feet to be Christ's feet. It seems crazy, right? That God would choose us to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world? It it seems out of this world that you and I have a purpose that is beyond just getting through life and trying to have fun occasionally in it. God chose the created to accomplish God's purposes so that all might come to know God, worship God, and enjoy God forever. We can't miss this, y'all. Paul tells the Corinthians, if the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. You see, whether the foot wants to be or not, the foot is a part of the body. Whether the followers of Christ want to be a part of the body or not, we are. If we have thought this is a good time for just to tack onto that being spiritual but not religious, if we have seen the pandemic as an opportunity to just kind of step back from our connection to our local church, if we have considered laying low for a while because we're disappointed or confused about the way the church has handled an issue. Or maybe we haven't engaged in a while in the church because we just don't feel like we are in the right place spiritually. Maybe we feel that God has been too distant from us. All of these are very legitimate reasons. But I want you to know It doesn't make you any less part of the body of Christ. So why does it matter? Why does it matter for any of us when everybody else in the world, it seems, is choosing to not be part of a local church? If you are part of the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church or another local church, does it even matter if we get connected or not? The first week of March this year, I was so excited because I was going to start my first small group here. I sent an email to hundreds of young adult women in their 20s and early 30s, and I had gotten back a solid commitment from two people. So our first meeting came, and I was expecting it to be me and two other women, but eight women showed up. Well, then you can imagine the second week of March... COVID-19 turned all of our ministry to virtual. I was very nervous as no one in the group except for a few knew each other. Were they even going to show up on Zoom? I'm so surprised as they have continued to come and invite friends and this group has continued to grow. I asked one of the women why. Why did you make this commitment during this time? Why did you stay connected to a group 
of people that you didn't even really know. You have friends. You have stuff to do. This is what she said to me. She said, I was still new to the church. I wanted to meet people and build deeper connections. It makes me feel like I'm truly part of the church and not just an attendee. In the churches I attended in my youth and in college, I never felt like I belonged. And I didn't feel like it was easy to get involved if you hadn't been there for years or if you didn't have some connection. But at WHPC, she says, I was welcomed in and I was immediately encouraged to get involved from the start. And that has made me love the church and the people of the church all the more. Friends, we want this for all of us. Before the pandemic, we had some pretty legitimate excuses. Traffic, travel for work or for fun. We have kids that are in tons of activities. There's not enough time in the day. But now we have this possibility of being connected to one another virtually. We can connect with each other so much more easily. Imagine with me what it would be like to have a group of people that pray for you daily, to have a group of people that weep when you are going through a difficult time. And when you are going through a time of rejoicing, they rejoice with you. To have a group of people who want to encourage you in all that you are doing and also allow you to bring your full self without judgment. Let's get reconnected to our church family this fall. We are creating reconnect groups right now that will start after Labor Day. You don't have to commit for your whole life. It's just seven weeks. These will be groups of less than 10 people. Now, I know you might be thinking, how could I possibly make a real connection with someone on a Zoom call? Trust me, I thought the same thing. What makes these groups totally different than a work call or a board meeting is that where two or more are gathered in the name of Jesus, Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit does this mysterious thing between believers and connects us to one another so that when one person weeps, we all weep together. When one person rejoices, we rejoice together. Friends, we need each other. God has arranged all the parts of the body as God saw fit. And all of us are part of that body. As we were driving back from Tennessee, Charlie said he was a little taken aback at how my grandmother ordered him around. He had just met her. And the way that he had received her instruction, he thought, she must think I don't know how to trim a holly bush. But as he processed this, he realized she needed him. And because of that, he realized that a connection had been made between grandmother and him. Her voice, his hands. Friends, let's get reconnected to one another at WHPC. Whether you think you have enough friends or not, whether you think you are in the right place in your faith or not, whether you have the time 
or not, I can promise you that time spent in the community of faith only adds to your life. Friends, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.